We're uh, finishing off our series this morning in Ecclesiastes, and I'm starting in chapter 11, verse 9. Chapter 11 of Ecclesiastes, verse 9. Young people, it's wonderful to be young. Enjoy every minute of it. Do everything you want to do. Take it all in. But remember that you must give an account to God for everything you do. So refuse to worry and keep your body healthy. But remember that youth with the whole life before you is meaningless. Don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your creator. Honor him in your youth before you grow old and say, life is not pleasant anymore. Remember him before the light of the sun, moon, and stars is dim in your old eyes and rain clouds continually darken your sky. Remember him before your legs, the guards of your house, start to tremble. And before your shoulders, the strong men stoop. Remember him before your teeth, your few remaining servants stop grinding. And before your eyes, the women looking through the windows see dimly. Remember him before the door to life's opportunities is closed and the sound of work fades. Now you rise at the first chirping of the birds, but then all the sounds will grow faint. Remember him before you become fearful of falling and worry about danger in the streets. Before your hair turns white like an almond tree in bloom and you drag along without energy like a dying grasshopper and the caperberry no longer inspires sexual desire. Remember him before you near the grave, your everlasting home, when the mourners will weep at your funeral. Yes, remember your creator now while you're young, before the silver cord of life snaps and the golden bowl is broken. Don't wait until the water jar is smashed at the spring and the pulley is broken at the well. For then the dust will return to the earth <coughs> and the spirit will return to God who gave it. Everything is meaningless, says the teacher, completely meaningless. So we've, uh, we've been working through Ecclesiastes and a few passages there, here and there, about this idea of wisdom versus folly, this way of living life that kind of lines up with a good way to enter into life or a really unhealthy and uh, unwise way to enter into life. And so there are some things that we've been advised by the teacher. He's somebody that has wisdom and offers it to us. And like hopefully we would expect, there are things that surprise us about what he said to us. Sometimes he gives advice that takes us off guard and we go, what's he talking about? And this is no exception. He begins by saying, young people, it's wonderful to be young. Enjoy every minute of it. Do everything you want to do, take it all in. That's not exactly the kind of advice that you expect to hear in church. Not the kind of advice you would expect your pastor, much less the scripture, to give to young people. If you got teenage kids, do you really want to come to church and have someone say to them, enjoy every minute of your life, do whatever you want? Does it sound like good parenting? Or does it sound like something that we go, there's a little bit of tension there. I'm not sure that's good advice. I didn't expect to hear the preacher say that. I definitely don't expect 
scripture to be giving my children that kind of advice. Young people, wonderful to be young, okay. Enjoy every minute of it. Do everything you want to do. Take it all in. It sounds strange. But then if you go to the second part of that verse, it says, but remember that you must give an account to God for everything you do. Now that sounds more like church. But the two statements really stand in stark contrast to one another. And it can be kind of a tense thing to decide which half of this I'm really comfortable with and which half of these statements stand out to me and I say, I'm not quite sure about that. There's lots of people in our world that say, it's, it's a wonderful life, it's great to be young, enjoy every minute of it, do whatever you want to do. There are lots of people who would offer that kind of advice. Maybe not a lot of people here, but a lot of people. And then the second part, but remember that you must give an account to God for everything you do, that sounds kind of churchy. It sounds not like a threat, but like a warning, right? But remember, you got to give an account to God for everything you do. And it doesn't sound like the same as the first half. I, I remember years ago uh, catching a Dr. Phil episode because I watched one or two of those. And uh, Dr. Phil used to say, when you say but, basically you're going to say, everything I just said, forget it. And we might be tempted to go that way. If we're really churchy church people, we might go, young people, it's wonderful, but young, enjoy every minute of it, do whatever you want to do, take it all in, but... And this is the important part. Forget that part. Remember that you must give an account to God for everything you do. Let's emphasize that part. Let's be comfortable with that part. Let's get the warning right. You know, enjoy it, but... Huh. Do what you want, but no, not really do what you want. Because God's watching and he'll get you if you do something wrong. And so there's kind of... It almost sounds like they contradict. At, at, at very least, there's kind of a tension between the two. And we could be the kind of people who lean one side or the other of that equation. We might be more comfortable with the first half or the second half. We might think it's good advice to live this way or that way, but they're not really the same. And so when the teacher says to us both these things, we might kind of put our our filter on for at least half of what's being said and go, I'm, I'm a little more comfortable with this side than that side. I'm a little more into this than that. I, I think this is what I'm going to do. And so there's tension. And we might want to say, well, if we're serious about it, we want to we obey both halves of this scripture. We want to understand what God's saying to us through the teacher in both halves. If we're wanting to be truly wise, we want to really take seriously that we enjoy every minute and do everything we, we want to do in our youth and take it all in and, and really enter in. But we also want to take the other half seriously and we want to remember that we're going to have to give an account to God someday and, and, and we need to be careful about what we do. But, but we are people of extremes and sometimes we tend towards one or the other a little more, and we, we, we kind of go this, but that, or, or this. Well, but that, but still this. And so we might struggle to understand what the Bible is trying to tell us 
or at least all of what it's trying to tell us by this, this juxtaposition between enjoying everything and, and, and doing what you want and, and God watching and us being accountable to him. And fortunately, in order to take them both seriously and to understand what, what the teacher's trying to say to us and, and what God is trying to say through his words, the next word in the passage is so. And that word's going to help us out, right? Because he says, look, you need to do this. You need to enjoy life. And when you're young, enter into it. Do what you want. But this, and then he goes, so. Because of what I've just said, because of the balance, because of these two things that seem to be intention but are really guidelines to keep us in line, he says, so, and it suggests that he's about to spell out what the balance looks like and how to achieve it. So he continues, he says, so refuse to worry and keep your body healthy. But remember that youth with a whole life before you is meaningless. So he says, refuse to worry, keep your body healthy, like take care of yourself, get out there, you know, enjoy your youth, be strong, don't have to worry about things, but remember that youth with a whole life before you is meaningless. Again, there's tension, there's balance. Don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your creator. Honor him in your youth before you grow old and say life's not pleasant anymore. So he says, refuse to worry, but don't get carried away in your excitement. Refuse to worry, don't, don't get bogged down, don't get all negative and... And, and worry about everything and, and whether you're getting it right, but at the same time, don't let the excitement of youth get you carried away either and let you forget your, your creator. Honor him in your youth before you grow old. So there's, again, balance. And then the passage leads into a long metaphor, and, and it says, Remember him before the light of the sun and the moon and the stars is dim in your old eyes and rain clouds continually darken your sky. What a picture, right? Before the light of the sun and the moon and the stars is dim in your old eyes, rain clouds continually darken your sky. Remember him before your legs, the guards of your house start to tremble. And before your shoulders, the strong men stoop. Remember him before your teeth, your few remaining servants stop grinding. And before your eyes... The women looking through the windows see dimly. Now whether you're, you're listening to this metaphor and, and, and hearing the, the imagery he's using, I just want to point out a couple of things here. First of all, when he says, remember your legs, the guards of your house, he's saying the guards of your house, the people in the household, the, the men who were kind of in charge they would watch over the other servants and the household and the comings and goings, and they had charge of things. They had some authority. And so there would be men in each household who would have that authority to, to kind of set things in order. And they would guard that things were going well. And so he says, remember your legs, the guards of your house, these older men, these men who are established and had some authority. And then he says, and before your shoulders, the strong men stoop. The strong men would be the laborers in the household, the guys who did the grunt work, the people who were tasked with the difficult jobs that the guys in charge set them to. 
And then he says, remember your teeth, or remember him before your teeth, the few remaining servants stop grinding. In each household, it would be the younger uh, women who, who were under authority and would be the ones who would grind the corn. And so there's older, uh, kind of more authoritative men at the top of the stratus. There's these younger men who are the laborers who are kind of at the bottom. And then there are these women who grind corn at the bottom. And then it says, and before your eyes, the women looking through the windows. The women who would be looking through the windows would be the women who had some status. And were kind of in charge of the household. And they could watch out the window and make sure everything was to their liking. The lady of the house, the one who had some authority. So whether you were at the top as a man or a woman or whether you were at the bottom of the social stratus, whatever your social status, whatever your gender, they were both told to do the same thing, remember him. So there's the four kinds, the guards, the keepers of the house, the strong men, the young women, the old women, and so no matter age, no matter gender, no matter social status, they're all given the same advice. We, uh, they all face the same challenges of aging and are, and are challenged with the same things. And then in his imagery, he goes on and he says, remember him before the door to life's opportunities is closed and the sound of work fades. Now you rise at the first chirping of the birds, but then all the sounds will grow faint. Like, you won't wake up with the birds anymore. You'll be able to sleep in long past that. Remember him before the life, your life's opportunities are closed and the sound of work fades. All of us, we, we hit that stage eventually where, where you retire. And, uh, and if you know some people in retirement, if you're retired, you know that, that things kind of change when you hit the end of your opportunities. But, but for some people... They're really, their definition of who they are, the, almost the first thing people ask you when they meet you, they go, hey, nice to meet you. And, and if you're in a place where you're just meeting people and you say, hi, how, how are you? Uh, nice to meet you. Who are you? And, and one of the first questions people will ask you is, what do you do? And they don't mean what do you do for a hobby, right? They don't mean what do you do when you're having fun. They mean what's your career? Well, I'm a fireman, or I'm a nurse, or I'm, I, I'm a laborer, I, I, I'm a construction worker, I'm, I, I work in social work. Whatever it is, we've got these things that we do, and, and for some of us, we've done it so long, it's kind of become part of us, and, and it's kind of who we are. And lots of people I know who go through retirement, they, they struggle with that idea of, well, who am I now? Like, if I'm not that... I don't do that job anymore what do I do and some go okay well I'll volunteer here and I'll do that and they keep just as busy but they do something different that they're choosing to do rather than having to go to work other people they almost continue to do the exact same thing like I don't see myself ever stopping to do this until I'm dead because I don't have any other skills so I I don't know I just keep doing this as long as anybody will keep listening which might not be that much longer, I don't know. <laughs> but whatever it is that we do, sometimes it defines us and sometimes we define ourselves by it. And he says, before life's opportunities are closed, before the sound of work fades, and that's no big deal anymore, 
and, and your identity isn't tied up in your career, in your job, in what you do for a living. He says, when you, now you rise at the first chirping of the birds, but man, all those sounds will just fade. And, and it may seem like the most important thing to get up and, and go to that job, to do that career. And, and it may seem really rewarding to you, or it just may seem that's what it is, or it may make you feel significant. But whatever it is, he says, that's going to eventually come to an end and your career is going to be over and, and you're still going to be you. And then he continues on, he says, remember him before you become fearful of falling and worry about danger in the streets, before your hair turns white like an almond tree in bloom and you drag along without energy like a dying grasshopper in the caperberry, no longer inspires sexual desire. He says, remember him when you're, when you're so old that you're afraid of falling. Sometimes I think I've already hit that, at least in winter. And we can get to that place where our bodies don't do what they did when they were 22 years old. And, and, and sorry, youngins, it's coming. And it'll come for you too. But there's a time when you realize, hey, I, I can't do what I could do. And, and my bones are old and brittle. And maybe I'll keep going and I'll try to push through it. But, but you still don't have that same level of energy you had when you were young. It happens to everyone eventually. And he says, eventually you're going to get to where... You're old and you're tired and you're maybe a little more brittle than you used to be and a fall's a bigger deal. And before you get to that stage where you're scared, you're going to fall down. You know, before you reach that meme age, like, like where they go, you know, I, I, I used to do this and do that and, and now I sneeze and I throw my back out. Like, like there's a stage where, where things don't work like they used to. And he says, remember them before that. And then he says, before you die, like, remember your creator now while you're young, <coughs> before the silver cord of life snaps and the golden bowl is broken. Don't wait until the water jar is smashed at the spring and the pulley is broken at the well. He says, remember when you're young, before the silver cord of life snaps and the golden bowl is broken. Like, like it's not an accident that he's choosing that imagery silver cord golden bowl like silver and gold are precious we have always been precious especially in that day that was the sign of real wealth and he says look life's precious and before this silver cord of life that's so precious before that snaps and and before the bowl the golden bowl is broken you know and there's spilled liquid everywhere just like when he says the water jar is smashed at the spring and the pulley is is at the well like there's this smashing and then there's the pouring out of the liquid and you lose the water and that's just it he says before you get to the end like that before things break down and and you're done before you die before your precious life is snuffed out like like do it now and so he's told us that life is good and he's told us to enjoy it. And he's told us people are precious. But life is short. And it, and it wears down. And, and you need to go through life knowing that those things are the case. But then he offers advice all through this that seems to be pretty consistent. Like if you go back through the whole passage, he says, don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your creator. Honor him in your youth. 
And what does he say over and over again? The same thing he keeps saying. Don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your creator. Honor him in your youth. Remember him before the light of the sun and the moon and the stars is dim. Remember him before your legs start to tremble. Remember him before your teeth teeth stop grinding. Remember him before the door to life's opportunities is closed. Remember him before you become fearful of falling. Remember him before you near the grave. Yes, remember your creator while you are young. Is it just me or you notice a theme in there? As he rolls through his advice, as he says, look, let me unpack life for you. Let me tell you about the balance. He says, all these things come and go. You'll have a career and then you won't. You'll have health and vigor and be strong and physical and then you won't. And all of this will wear out and all these things that seem so important, what you do for a living and and how you go about things and and, and, and your body being strong and healthy, all this stuff, it's good, and, and you should enjoy it while that lasts. But, but more important than that, there's this running thing over and over again that needs to draw you back so that you can enter into life with real joy. And it's, it's God. It's your creator. He made you. And so it isn't at odds with this idea of enjoying life and doing what you want and and really experiencing joy. It isn't at odds to, to have that joy and to think about and to be tuned into and to be connected to your creator. If you go back to the very beginning of scripture, if you start with the original story of how the world came to be, The first thing you're told over and over again is, you know, God created and he creates for six days, sun and moon, stars and and his handiwork in the sky and the fish in the sea and, and, and the animals. And even on the last day when he creates man, what does he say at the end of every day? He makes some stuff and then he looks at it and he says, what? It's good. It's good. Every time he finishes creating something, he says it's good. This is really good. Five days, he says the same thing until he gets to the last day. And he kind of says the same thing. He he makes humankind. And then he says, it says he made man, male and female, he made them. And then he says what? He says, well, our translations say very good. In, In the Hebrew, it's good, good. Like there's only one word for good, but he throws it in twice. It's like good, good. It's, it's, it's the good or goodest. The goodest good. The good, good. A lot easier for us, right? Just very good. Very good. So he makes all this stuff. He makes the world and it's good. Lots of religions t- teach that the world is a bad place and the things in the world are bad and, and there's all kinds of bad happening and we'd say well yeah there are bad things happening but if we understand ourselves as biblical christians that we believe in the scriptures then from the very first point that we start reading the scriptures at the beginning of the story we're told again and again and again everything god made is good the world is not bad the world has begun to be corrupted by evil but it's not bad in its root what it really is deep down is good And God wants us to enjoy his good world. 
He wants us to catch on early and even while we're young, enjoy the real world, the good world that he's created. And so the teacher writes these words that are kept for us as scripture, as our sacred text to live our lives by. And it says, look, catch on early while you're young and know that life is good and you should enjoy it. You should enter into it. You should do what you want with it because it's, it's just so full and good. But if you're really going to enjoy it, if you're really going to enter into life, if you're really going to get the satisfaction that life really is, don't for one minute forget God in the middle of it. Know that it's he that defines what good is and what can bring you real satisfying joy. And if you stray from him, you may think it'll be good, but it'll be fluff and it won't be real joy. It won't last and it won't go as deep as it can into your soul. But if you want real, real joy, then God speaks to us through the teacher and says, look, as early as you can realize it, as, as early in life as you can wake up when you're really young, just go ahead and catch on to this. Life is good, but it's a gift from God. So he says, remember him honor him don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your creator honor him remember 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 your creator remember him as your career builds and then when you're done with it remember him as as you get strong and healthy and you grow into an adult but then remember him when your body starts to break down and you get old and you can't do what you could anymore and even when you're getting near the end of life and you're realizing I'm not going to be around much longer, remember them then. And in every moment, in every season of life, whether you're at the top of the social stratus or the bottom, whether you're a man or a woman, whether you got lots of money or you got no money, <clears throat> whoever you are and whatever life throws at you, remember them in every single moment and every single passage of life. And that's the key to real joy and real satisfaction. And so he says, you should catch on early and you should hang on to it every minute of your life. Don't ever forget that God is real and he has you and he's a good God and his world is a good place to live. And if you watch and you look to him and you listen for his voice and you follow him and you acknowledge him every moment of your life, will be better because he's there. It's not a threat, don't do it or God will get you. It's, a, it's an advice that says, look, if you really wanna live, don't stray at all. Start now and hang on to him, hang on to him no matter what life throws at you. And that's how you will experience joy and that's how your life will be satisfying. That's how you will get to your deathbed and know that it was all worth it. And so the last verse in this passage says, for then the dust will return to the earth. Remember your creator while you're young, for then the dust will return to the earth and the, and the spirit will return to God who gave it. Everything is meaningless, he says the teacher, completely meaningless. Maybe... I don't want to mess with scripture, but maybe it would be better if he had said, 
what he means, which is everything else is meaningless. Everything else comes and goes, but not God. And if you hang on to him, he will fill you with what brings you peace and satisfaction and joy and a sense of adventure like nothing else can. Your career can't fulfill you like that. Your relationships can't fit, fulfill you like that. Health and vigor can't satisfy you like that. Only the Lord Jesus can do that. And so when he explores wisdom, the teacher says, look, you've got to know, remember him, remember him, remember him. Keep him at the tip of your brain and lock into him in every step that you make and you'll be able to just enjoy yourself and you'll be able to do what you want because you will want the right thing if you're in tune with God.